Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening, I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphomet. Broadcasting tonight from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast, directly to the mothership, Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle, and streaming worldwide at nightdrift.com. Tonight, paranormal investigator Bex Atwood reporting on UFOs, strange cryptids, and much more in the deep, dark Pacific Northwest and beyond. That's tonight. And listen, thank you for listening to last week's new edition of Euphemed, featuring Brian's story of high strangeness. I mean, listen, duplicity, time shifts, ritual magic of a recovering addict turned occultist. I'll ask Bex tonight her thoughts on this too. And no calls tonight, but you can join the conversation on Twitter by using hashtag Nightdrift. I'm Jim Perry, Bex Atwood on Nightdrift, right after this. Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.
You're listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. I'm Jim Perry. Welcome back to Night Drift. A big thank you to our sponsors, AMC Network, Shutter, BetterHelp, and patrons over at patreon.com slash Thank you for making the show possible, and thank you for listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you right now when I'm thanking you. Thank you for listening. Now onto the show. She is a mycologist, witch, and paranormal investigator who lives on the Key Peninsula in Washington State. She's a part of Liminal Earth, the website devoted to remythologizing our modern lives by way of collecting experiencer stories on an open-source map of the strange. Bex takes on residential cases of high strangeness and experiments with all sorts of methods of divination. She routinely reports for this very program each and every month from the Key Peninsula. Hey, Bex, thanks again for joining us. Hey, Jim, thanks for having me back. Another month. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) another month and things continue to keep getting stranger. Of course, we're talking right now, we're pre-recording this program on a Tuesday, and it's a day away from another week of Wednesday UFO, or as you aptly call it in the Liminal Earth offices, WUFO. Do you have any updates uh, for us? And can you briefly, for maybe people that are uninitiated and are hearing this for the first time, describe what WUFO is? Sure. I I have this elevator pitch down pretty good now, I think. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) So I affectionately call this a woofo. I I believe in having something very catchy, very quick that you can say, something that catches on. Um, And woofo is super cute. Hashtag whatever. Um, So woofo (laughs) is the Wednesday night UFO watch. I'm starting to see people on like UFO Twitter saying, can someone explain to me what woofo means? I keep seeing it. (laughs) What is it? Sure. Um, Let me tell you what it is. It's every single Wednesday night, virtually at 10 o'clock p.m. your local time, we gather and we look to the stars. And you can do as little as that, or you can do as much as tuning in for our weekly contact session live on TikTok at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard. Uh, But the origin behind this really goes back to like a single tweet that our friend Maidlin made about John Keel's work in the 70s and how if you read the Mothman Prophecies, he talks about Wednesday at 10 p.m. due to the data set at the time being the most uh, likely chance you have of seeing a UFO. Uh, So we kind of took that and ran and, and now we're at week 11 and we have a website, wufo.watch. We have weekly posts, studies and side quests with an official astrologer um, who actually did the astrology for Hellier. Um, and we're kind of picking up people each week and each week they're evolving. And uh, we now have a store that you can buy like UFO designs. You can help us maintain the website and maybe one day do it uh, at some really significant UFO spots around the country. Oh, wow. So is that on the table? Is that one of the goals of WUFO is doing it at extremely historic or notable locations? Yeah, I don't think it's been discussed too much, but that's uh, that's kind of where I see it going. Mm-hmm. And we also uh, want to hold on to that virtual aspect as long as we can um, because sure. it's so accessible. And we've recently figured out how to embed like a actual live stream within our website. So if folks don't want to go to TikTok, they don't have to anymore. 
they can just check out WUFO. And we might even start a show around eight now and have folks from the east side of the country pop in. Hey, what are you guys doing for WUFO? And I kind of picture it to be like when you see that radio station set up at an event or something Mm -hmm. and they're interviewing people as they're walking by. Uh, That's what I see in my mind's eye for WUFO, uh, but virtual. Sure. Well, so are you saying I don't have to feign interest in TikTok to be a part of this anymore? No, and we really appreciate the people who <laughs> like send us messages that say, I joined TikTok for you. Um, you know, join for Wufo, stay for our silly liminal earth videos. Um, <laughs> they're great. <laughs> but you know what? We we can stream it right from the website now. No struggles, no worries. So what are some of the updates about what you've been experiencing? been experiencing lately with WUFO because I understand, you know, like any continual repetitive ritual or engagement, things do have a habit of starting to talk back to you, of starting to engage when you have like a right intent as you folks do. And also not to mention the collective consciousness element of this, which I think is so fascinating, which I think you guys have maybe only scratched the surface of, but needless to say, what are some of the events that are occurring now that are surprising you or that are affecting your process? I think one of the earliest patterns that we started noticing was how many people would note, not necessarily seeing any aerial phenomenon, but they would have some significant or random encounter with an animal in their neighborhood. Um, So we have friends saying, I ran into a fox today. That was really fun and interesting. I saw a little rabbit family while out walking for Wufo. And so um, we're having a lot of animal phenomenon. And that could be as simple as like, oh, you know, Wufo is giving you the mindfulness to acknowledge your surroundings a little bit more. So you're noticing these things. Or it could Mm. be as simple as like, almost every week we've had something around cats being brought up. Uh, last week, <laughs> they even said over the Estes method, um, we are cat people. Oh, my God. Um, really? And then followed up with, no, we are beans made from art. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. In with amazement. <laughs> yeah. So either that's some cosmic reference to Jacques Tournaire's cat people, or it's, uh, I don't know, uh, leading us to believe something like our experience together doing WUFO, where we saw the white cat out of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere, uh, maybe held some other significance. Who's to say? That's what's so interesting, was we had multiple people, before we released our video of our session together even, we had people say, I had like a really weird experience with this cat, I had a dream about these cats, Um, and little did they know we were sitting on our our experience together of wow. you know being around this fire and just seeing this white cat just glide that, through that really happened so yes so to take people back that um don't know what the heck we're talking about is uh i participated in a wufo a wufo with bex and with garrett kelly of liminal earth and we went out to a park in the middle of nowhere a, a campsite rather and we had this experience well Bex was performing the Estes method, and we were looking at the skies. We had a few strange occurrences that happened that night. No anomalous lights, but one of the things that we did feel feel into being sort of anomalous was this white cat that, like, sort of, yeah, swept its way through our campground, but but at first made itself very present by by sort of standing still and 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 watching us. And and what you're telling me is that on the same night. 
potentially as, as we were experiencing this cat. No one else knew this because, you know, um, the only thing that we got out on social media was you stealing my burrito. Everything else <laughs> we had kept pretty quiet because we didn't have internet access. So we couldn't stream live. You're telling me that on that same night, on that same very night, others were experiencing cats? 100%. <laughs> and I, I, I hear it. Oh, people, I hear it. I really do. I understand if you're listening and you're like, what on earth? But like, let me tell you, it's it's crazy when things like that happen. And it seems to just grow in silliness. I, I, <laughs> like, I, this, inter- this reaction that you're having is so interesting to me right now because you're almost buttressing the, the criticism that could come by people hearing what we're talking about. So there must be a part of you that is like hearing what we're talking about and, and, and the weightiness of sort of metaphysical cats or synchronistic cats and going, what are we talking about? <laughs> I feel the imaginary weight <laughs> of all the critics. <laughs> Doesn't exist. <laughs> but I, all right. So, no, so... It's, it's, it's cats. And on paper, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is what it is, but when you're in the moment and then you receive that tweet message on your way home, like it all adds up and it builds in such significant ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's too much to just ignore anymore. It is too much. It's silly, but I'm, I'm having a good time with it. <laughs> it's, so let's talk about the good time you're having and like what else has been too much for you lately? I understand, you know, you, you've really experimented quite deeply with the Estes method in facilitating some sort of conversation. I mean, a lot of people will use a form of guided, guided meditation called CE5 to establish a contact experience. And you've been having luck with this, you know, sort of divination method that um, chiefly was used for, you know, sort of afterlife investigations or spirit investigations, right? So what has been... Your response with that? I understand there's a, something called the Golden Mom Estes session that you had. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, that was this is one of my favorite things that we've done together thus far, um, Garrett and I. Um, Jeremy was with us in in technological spirit. Um, <laughs> he was holding down the the uh, <laughs> headquarters there in Seattle. Um, so we actually had a buddy with us a couple weeks ago and his name is Nick and he's from California and was up visiting. And um, he spent like the evening of Lufo with Garrett and I, and we were just showing him around Bremerton. We're like, where can we take him? That would be spooky and fun. And we've been having um, some passing some emails back and forth with a couple of the employees at the golden mum. Now, the Golden Mom is a Chinese restaurant and bar in Bremerton, um, in the Tracyton Triangle, as Garrett likes to say. Um, And it was the site of a Flying Saucer Reviews report that two elf-like telepathic aliens interacted with this person who was in this band, um, kind of hung out with the Golden Mom. And I was able to talk to the owner of this restaurant this Wufo night and like corroborate. And she knows the person who experienced it Um, and then gave us some clues that were like non-extraterrestrial. Like, hey, we just have like this weird 
spirit being protector over this place. And we got hit really hard with COVID. So here's what we've been doing to kind of balance that out. And, um, you know, we sat down, we got a drink and (laughs) we were, I think, waiting for a pool table to free up or something. And Garrett pulls out two dowsing rods (laughs) and starts going around the bar and is like, I wonder where the aliens sat, you guys. And was following them around. And so I started going down the rabbit hole of what we had talked about our last session, which was um, some of my technological light uh, experiences I've been having since the very first Wufo Estes. Yeah, and it's not, as I'm it's not stopping that, over here either, by the way. Oh, I have to replace every single every single microphone <laughs> cable. Ask anyone that I've had an interview with or talked with through Zoom or anything digitally for the last two weeks or however long it's been. I it every single session. I won't be surprised if it happens this session that we're gonna start getting a fuzz out, and I'm gonna lose my mind again. And and really try not uh, try not to curse on AM broadcast radio. Yeah. So no, sorry. <laughs> the reason, reason we pre-record. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, it's oh man. I wish you know. There's. I don't. This is all just so strange. It's all so strange. Um, but you're not the only person that's interacted with that now because Nick. Garrett and I were sitting at the table. Uh, there was this really old fashioned, uh, like stained glass light over this pool table, very, very bar type of light mm-hmm. and it started flickering. And then the bar house lights dimmed and it was almost like a show or something was about to begin outside of this, like flickering pool table oh light. Gosh. And I looked at the guys we're kind of like, okay, okay. Um, and then the lights kind of go up again and they start freaking out a little bit. And I look around and no one's really reacting. <laughs> and so I know that the three of us see it, but no one else really seems to care or notice. Um, and Nick is like, it's funny that you <laughs> were just talking about the things you're experiencing and now we're having light phenomenon and and I uh that's when I told him like yeah that's <laughs> that's a thing now when I talk about it 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 happens um yeah we later found out that uh I was talking to the owner basically told her the same story I just told you and she said uh I couldn't speak for the regular house lights but that light about the pool table I changed today and I literally went back multiple times to tighten it and like make sure because it had um, like she had been behind on changing light bulbs. So she was like, I know for a fact that that is brand new and like there should be nothing wrong with that because I uh, made sure. Um, so that was really interesting. Uh, but hmm. we kind of finished off the night by having an Estes method right outside of the building. Uh, not even in the parking lot. Like I was touching the exterior of the building the whole time I was doing it. Um, and that was awesome. <laughs> it was really neat. And we were talking about a North star system of sorts, but I still haven't been able to go back and transcribe that video yet. So there may be some secrets still waiting there, but I definitely could feel like the door closing. It's like the door that people go out to smoke. And yeah. so I'm like hearing um, or I'm feeling that every single time. Mm-hmm. And apparently at one point the owner comes out and asks if I'm okay. And it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> this is really weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what is going on out here? 
she she was like Garrett it was like I, I feel like she thought we like kidnapped you or we were in the process of kidnapping you or something. Yeah. They had the the whole Estes setup. Um right. but it was it was so cool to to have that sort of I wouldn't say validation, but to see that tech phenomenon or light phenomenon more specifically happen to someone as I'm speaking about it. And then Garrett um, saying that we got some really cool stuff from that method uh, outside Uh, and just being general weirdos in public. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, Bex, I understand you, you never really qualify yourself as a, a, a sensitive per se or a medium per se. Yet I do know that those qualities do exist in, you know, some of your family members, perhaps, and your lineage, perhaps. But but what I'm most interested in, you know, despite how you may present or identify yourself, um, do you find that, you know, you are becoming more sensitive by working at this in such a, uh, you know, sort of consistent degree? Absolutely. There's like this newfound focus that I can achieve a lot quicker when I go under. Um, but outside of any session, anything paranormal, I there's been some like really interesting uh, normal stuff that's happened where like um, I've been doing like a weekly Estes with Katie as well. And we've just kind of been doing free form and it's more um, meditation journeying than even Estes. That's Katie um, Webb. Yeah, Katie Webb. And we like had to reschedule for some reason. And that whole day, I kept catching myself being like, oh, I have to prepare for this for Katie tonight. Mm-hmm. And then I would be like, no, nah, I'm going to hold off on that. Um, I would just keep getting distracted. And I have a friend who knows every single time that someone is going to like cancel plans on her. And so anytime I'm that person, I'm like, Hey, <laughs> I know that you already know this, but I got to do another time. Um, I kind of, I'm switched places a little bit. And there's been a couple instances lately where I felt like that friend and I'm like, Oh, I, I already knew that somehow. Okay. Um, now I don't know if it's just this, like I'm tapping in more frequently. I'm, um, getting more technically proficient in, in all of this divination. So if, if that's just a natural byproduct, that's cool. Right. Um, but I've been, I've been kind of also seeking out, um, like I restarted the book Psychic Witch by Matt Oren. And there's a lot of exercises. There's like 93 uh, different little psychic exercises. And I'm just doing a couple. I'm noticing huge results. So it's funny that you mentioned that. We haven't discussed that yet. Um, but that's been something I've racked around my brain all week of like, is this a thing that I'm tapping into now? Mm. Um, well, What's that about? Yeah, I mean, there's a part of this process that when you're in those spaces and you're actively engaging them, you can't help but start to get the feels around it, right? If you're not mm-hmm. approaching it with a cynical energy, it's almost as if that mystery embraces you in some weird way, right? And it says like, hey, I see what you're doing here. Come deeper. <laughs> Let, let's discover this together. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it, just, it just seems like uh, it's an opportunity for someone like yourself who is exploring to such a great degree you know, to, to, you know, tap into an elevated sense of what is going on, you know? So yeah. uh, we have to take a short break here on Night Drift. We're with Bex Atwood, who is reporting once again on the program, The High Strangeness of the Pacific Northwest and Beyond. 
We'll be right back with more with Vex right after this. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. If you want more of the program, you can find it on the Euphemet feed, wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit euphemet.com. And... Do you have a paranormal experience that has changed your life? You can share it with me at jim at euphemet.com. And I'm back here with Bex Atwood on the high strangeness of the Pacific Northwest. Welcome back to Night Drift, Bex. Thanks, Jim. Where we left off, we started to talk about your 
relationship potentially with the unknown and how that may be changing based off your level of participation. And I found it very fascinating that you could be developing as you go along a little bit of a different relationship with it. Now, what I'm interested in is as you're reporting on these things, is the nature of your reporting um, so sort of um, all-consuming and holistic that you feel like you may be able to get uh, sort of a more detailed perspective because you're in so deep in it? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say so because I haven't really set any limits for myself with it. Um, I, (laughs) so for instance, when I do any sort of journeying, um, one of the first visualizations that I do in my mind is similar to like that movie Get Out where he's, um, sinks through the chair. So I pretty much root my feet down. Whoop, my light just changed. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but I, I lean back and I, I sink through the floor and then I just go into that dark place. Or if it's a UFO, I go up and um, do the same thing. Yeah. And so I, anytime I'm involved, I'm researching, um, I'm dedicating a lot of time to this. I... Um, visualize myself submerged and so um the interesting thing though is it's not completely holistic in that I am very strict about um I have like three or four hours each day that it's like my phone is on like do not disturb I'm not putting any thought time or energy into this any of it and I'm just focusing on like my partner and my dogs and like whatever we're doing for those few hours. And I give it like all of my energy um, because I found it to be problematic for me and my personality type to have those tethers because I am so easily pulled in. Yeah. And I, that visualization of me being submerged is something um, that takes place with all of my areas of interest. And so um, when I'm in it, I am in it. But when I have those strict boundaries, I also don't feel like those are um, ever crossed by phenomenon. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are, there are exceptions like the light phenomenon we're experiencing and that waking us up sometimes and things, um, it affecting my friends and people that I talk to about it. Um, (laughs) Not super thrilled with that, but I don't have answers. (laughs) Um, You know, it's a, participatory thing and uh, I just try to be really strict with my boundaries and whatever it is I guess if that answers the question (laughs) sure no it definitely does I think that's a really good perspective I mean I love hearing from people that you know this sort of stuff is a daily part of their process and how do they manage that within their own human lives (laughs) especially when you're running this map with two other dudes and you're getting news stories thrown at you all the time. I can't tell you how many project ideas we have, how many things are written on my board right now that I have to research and it's never ending. Yeah. But that's exactly what I asked for. Uh (laughs) It's everything I I want to do. It's just navigating it is something that you have to figure out. Yeah. Well said. Well said. 
Now, uh, most recently, I understand you, uh, you've you got a new case in the KPN. Do you want to share a little bit about that and this uh, yeah. this sort of email that you that you received? Yeah. So I we receive quite a few things through Lemon Earth, but this is actually through my personal KPN stuff. And this is mm. um, increasingly rare. So I was a little excited to see this and um, potentially have a new connection, um, not only for a case to work on, um, but a fellow researcher and a fellow, um, I wouldn't say maybe witch just yet, but magically inclined. So uh, I'm always always interested in making those connections. And so I'm really glad that they reached out. Um, we are going to talk physically here soon. I'm very excited, but until then I'll kind of keep them in the shadows a bit, but essentially they've lived here uh, about 10 minutes away from me for the last four years and they've experienced a lot of phenomenon. And when they start to ask around, very similar to my story, um, they experience a lot of closed offness from locals. And the answers that they do get are either it's native land, what do you expect? And their perspective is, well, everything's technically native land then. Mm. So, you know, what's <laughs> that's, uh, right. they don't seem like that's a valid answer. Right. Uh, the other answer they get is it must be like witchcraft. Um, and their response was, I don't know what kind of witchcraft that is, but that must be something really powerful. And so I let them know, you know, we do have uh, a lively pagan community here, um, mm. but the majority of pagan work here is like community building, uh, self-improvement or um, something very much so nature centered. So nothing, nothing to worry about typically, um, but it's very specific to them. And a lot of the activity is things going missing. Mm. Sound familiar? Reappearing in obvious places. Um, but then there's accelerates step forward. And uh, this phenomenon is um, destroying like works of art that they create. Oh and like, for instance, there's uh, a painting that they were working on and they woke up and there was a, just a big mark over it. And they had roommates at this time, but it was someone who had a small child. Um, like a, like a six month or less old child. Um, so they were way too busy, I think, to, <laughs> to be vindictive. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. So it, it starts to progress and, um, now they are diving into research and they're, oh, light changed again. <laughs> they're diving into research and they're thinking, could this be some sort of shape-shifting type lore that you see out towards La Push on the Olympic Peninsula? Could this possibly be some gen activity? And so I uh, let them in on some information that I found on the peninsula um, around Faye. That's kind of our main contender. Mm. Our two main contenders really is, is Faye and then extraterrestrial. Some may argue that that's one and the same. Um, and I definitely see mirrored in that argument, um, but I don't know exactly where I stand on that just yet. Oh, so yeah. let them in on that. But um, it's getting to the point where they definitely want to start to see somebody. Um, I have a couple of uh, people I trust to like cleanse homes if that's ever needed. Uh, but I'm going to go in, feel some stuff out, uh, talk to them, get to know who they are. Um, do some like natural stuff on the property. So I start to record um, the different plants that I see, um, the location, the um, 
like the sea level, what their sunlight exposure is, what percent oh, wow. shade they have. Um, yeah, there's this huge process that they go to environmentally um, because with the Fae potentially being involved, that's potentially a factor uh, from yeah. what I've found. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of the boring stuff, uh, but it doesn't sound boring, Bex. It sounds <laughs> so fascinating because it's, you know, you're sort Thanks. of treating humans as this spiritual, mystical, biological entity that is, yeah. you know, sort of influenced and um, their experiences or whatever they're interacting with could be influenced by the natural world around them. And I don't know if a lot of people uh, look at things like that. It's as almost as if everything is a mushroom of some sort and you're using your, your expertise with mycology and um, horticulture and uh, figuring out what that rhythm is between our relationship to the unknown and, and, uh, and that space. That's fascinating. Thank you, man. I, yeah, I, I'm guilty of uh, kind of downplaying the things that I'm really passionate in that I don't get a lot of feedback on. Um, or I've What's, had like one negative response. And so I'm like, people probably don't know enough about it. it. They probably don't know, know enough about it. It's different. I know it. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, um, told you a year ago that I wanted to find a way to enter the paranormal world with, and, and not be able like to enter the paranormal world, but to be able to use my expertise as a horticulturist yes. and, I found that through Luminal Earth. I found that through Jeremy, who is the creator of Luminal Ecology. Yes. And I have since developed my methods of investigating, especially residential cases, around this idea. <laughs> I found like, exactly what we were talking about a year ago. And that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and now all of that's going to potentially helping out this person who's just like, what does this thing have against me? Why is it destroying my artwork? Why does it make me feel like I'm being followed now around my house? Um, I can't like my roommates just moved out. Like I can't like, how do I, <laughs> yeah. what do I do? How do I do it? Um, but they are really interested in learning. They're very open-minded and they are very hard at work on research. So they're kind of my like prodigy case. <laughs> like <laughs> very excited to, uh, you, it's very rare that you interact with someone who has this, uh, these interactions and they're, um, perspective isn't immediately get rid of this this is a bother right evil so, demonic go ahead. you know yeah those type of reactions very quickly. it's out to get me it's all bad you know and and i i would honestly not blame this particular person if they were to believe that because of their experiences but i'm i'm so fascinated by the fact that they're not and they're so interested in just figuring it out and i can relate with that so i'm gonna help uh however i can yeah, I love how our culture, we're so ready to, you know, there's like this phrase, right? We're scared of what we don't understand. And I think most everybody knows that phrase. It's been bandied about forever. Yet no one really internalizes that idea. And, you know, despite what we know about that, you know, sort of relationship between us and the unknown, we still want to first be very afraid of anything that we don't understand. It's kind of weird, right? It is weird. Um, it's to be expected, though, when you think about it, because, you know, we're we're interacting with something that can be, it can come off in very silly ways, but it can also, like, destroy someone's, like, artwork that they put their heart and soul into. And, and um, there are people who, you know, have really 
scary experiences. And so I think sure. it's very natural and very part of our speaks to our evolutionary process to be standoffish or to even be dismissive of it. Um, it helps us sleep at night. And that's like the end goal, I guess, yeah. for a lot of people. Right. So um, I can I can understand that perspective. But at the same time, um, I really applaud when people can step outside of that and be like, I'm so interested in just figuring out what this may be. And mm -hmm. they start to pick up on all the nuggets along the way. And um, it's really awesome to watch that process. It's really awesome to help aid that process. And it's, um, it's so fascinating because, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have any clues. <laughs> I don't have any ideas. I just have... I have, I have theories, I guess those are ideas, <laughs> but <laughs> I, so many questions all the time and yeah. I, I'm still so excited when I see someone interested in it and not running away from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense, especially in a place that is so close to you, right? I yeah. Mean, experiences and finding a community uh, with people so, so close to where you are must be really, um, I don't know, rewarding and, and awesome. And so, yeah, keep me updated if you can on, on that case and, and, uh, you know, sort of what you find out and you're developing, you know, sort of, um, relationship with this person could be really fascinating. Um, let's go back to Wufo before we close out the show here tonight. Uh, you, I heard a rumor that after all these weeks, there may have been a sighting. Is this true? Yes. Take me through oh my it. God. I'm so excited to be able to share that with you. Um, if you go to Liminal Earth Society on Facebook, we still have a Facebook group running. Um, What's that? What'd you say? What's that? Facebook. Yeah, kidding. I know. Crickets. I'm, I'm not going to. No. I'm not gonna no shame. I'm not going to slander. I'm not on TikTok. I should be <laughs> over on Facebook. That's where I should live curmudgeon old man over here i've been having similar feelings lately of like do i belong there because <laughs> i too get angry at tiktok and, <laughs> and right. everybody feels this regret way. everything um yeah it's it's bad um but <laughs> i lost so much of that okay so you go to our facebook page uh one of our wufo participants posted a video of what they believe to be uh potentially some light phenomenon of sorts occurring during their very own UFO watch. And what was interesting about them sending it to us was that it happened around 10, it was like 10, 15 PM. And when we were under, we uh, received, I have a gift for you and asked when we receive it and said in one hour. And at the time it was nine 30. Oh, so wow. within 45 minutes, this person had had this experience. And so, you know, we're always like, is this, is this the gift? <laughs> this is the right. second time they mentioned giving us a gift. And so you watch this video and it's a series of blinking lights. I know that she's having some trouble focusing. It is dark. Um, but it's just so anomalous in the way that they are moving with your blinking. Um, yeah, it's, it's the first for us here at UFO. Um, and it's, it's very exciting. I'm trying to find a way that we can share that more openly. Um, I think I might just have to get the original file from her. But um, a lot of weird lights for about 30 to 45 seconds. And I can't explain it, but I love watching it over and over, <laughs> trying to figure it out.
Right. Yeah. And it is very strange looking. Um, So this is the first report of someone that has been involved in the process of WUFO having a distinct sighting. And other than that, it's been a group of people that have just really been enjoying the process of watching the skies together, right? Which is, you know, the the process is uh, less, you know, sort of uh, objective-oriented than just the idea of everyone getting together and sharing space with with a similar intent, right? Right. I think the way that we've um, phrased it in the past is if... If we, if all we are able to do is go outside and find whatever uh, the stargazing side quest of the week is, if we're able to go out, have clear skies, be able to sit in our lawn chairs for an hour, have some snacks, maybe have a friend or two, um, can't beat it. That's a great night. So anything that happens on top of that is just, you know, icing on the cake. And so that's how I'm approaching this. This is icing on the cake. Everything that I wanted to experience, I already have being um, involved in, in WUFO itself, being able to be one of the creators of it, seeing how it's grown, seeing the love that it's uh, being shared, all of these folks having fun and having something to look forward to now every week. Um, Cherry, cherry on top of the Sunday. But I, I would love to see anything and everything that people do for UFO, UFO, light anomalies or not. Um, yeah. But it's it's icing on the cake. We never expect anything to happen. Uh, we're just we're just there for the sky. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's awesome, and it's one of my favorite things to do. It's uh, really relaxing and exciting to just be one with this ancient, ancient, old system of. Do I, do I dare call it divination? Just <laughs> looking up into the sky and, and, and using that as a puzzle to unlock some sort of greater level of consciousness, greater understanding of where we came from. And those old dead stars that we're looking at right now that by the time we got there would be gone. It's just It's, it's funny that you said it the way that you did. This is very Jim of you. Garrett's currently trying to articulate a new star divination system that he uses every week. Wow. And it's going to be like a page on the Wufo website. If you are interested in, in checking that out, it's, uh, yeah, not, it's in development right now, but it's, it's just awesome. as, you know, picking a star that sticks out to you and then going and looking it up and figuring out what it means. And that's kind of like your divinatory message. Um, star divination, you heard it here first. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Well, it certainly feels that way. I felt into that, and uh, yeah, to have uh, to have something I can actually look into, be like, "What is this?" Yes. Would be very good. Would be very good. <laughs> uh, listen, Bex, it's been wonderful having you on the program. Uh, it always is. I look forward to chatting with you next month. I look forward to seeing you soon too. I think next month we may be able to do this in person. It sounds like, yeah. And so yeah. that's going to be awesome. Where can people find Luminal Earth and all of your work and WUFO, the Patreon, everything else? <laughs> sure. We'll start here with WUFO. You can go to WUFO.watch. It's a website. has everything you need. Our shop link is on there. Uh, across the board, you can find us at all socials at Luminal Earth. Um, I am Bex in the Luminal across the board. If you want to support us as a group on Patreon, you can find us at Luminal Earth Society. 
Um, yeah, we pretty much spend a lot of our time posting on Patreon. I write weekly case logs. You're interested especially in how all of this WUFO phenomenon has been summarized. I have created a case log where every transcription, every video, everything that's happened around WUFO is in one centralized place now. So of course you have. go check it out. <laughs> of course you have. Young Linda Moulton Howe, everyone. With us here on Night Princess Lightning. <laughs> Atwood. Go check those out. And thank you so much for joining us again for this edition of Night Drift. I'll see you next Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And until then, keep looking up. Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.